I'm Gwen, and this is Hey, You Should Read This, the podcast where I take recommendations from my friends and the internet on the books I really should have read already. This week's unbirthday present is Through the Looking Glass and What Alice Found There by Lewis Carroll. So, this book I got from a little free library at my work. I suspect I know which one of my co-workers put it there. Um, but it's one of those books that, like, I've seen the Disney adaptation of Alice in Wonderland. And, you know, it's one of those, like, I really should have read this already. Like, the, the thing of the podcast says. Um, and sort of know the story, as opposed to just, like, the Disney-ified version of it. Though it is really interesting to sort of consider how much this story might have been affected, or the version I have might have been affected by the Disney version. The edition I had at my disposal was the Junior Classics edition, which is technically an adapted and abridged version of this story. But it's also through the looking glass and not Alice's Adventures in Wonderland, which I discovered midway through is the second book. But it's okay, because I have, once again, the Disney film sort of as my point of reference, where I was a little bit surprised at that point not to have seen, like, the Mad Hatter or the... Cheshire Cat or the Caterpillar, you know, all of them. But there were Rocking Horse Flies and Bread and Butter Flies. Uh, so there were, like, elements there that are were, I'm assuming, brought into the film from this. Uh, but it's Alice goes through the looking glass for a sense of our sort of summary and meets the Red Queen and has to get across eight squares of a chessboard to become a queen herself. And it was interesting because each of the squares were sort of their own little dreamlike sort of vignettes that weren't super connected to each other, except that Alice was like, cool, I've made it across another square. I need to get to the eighth one to become a queen. Um, and occasionally the red queen or the white queen would like pop in to offer some sort of thoughts or supposedly helpful advice that is nonsensical. And I've heard Alice described by, I don't even remember who, as sort of one way you could interpret it being is like, the rules of the adult world as seen from the view of a child where everything is nonsense and you're just sort of getting pulled in different directions by different supposed authority figures but have no idea how things are actually supposed to work or what's going on and I think that interpretation might have some merit 
obviously this is not an English class. I have not discussed this with any English class uh, or even another person. But I think that's interesting. And I also think that you don't necessarily need to be a kid to understand that feeling. Um, but some just rules of adulthood, you know, don't seem to make that much sense on first glance or even second glance. So I guess that's one interpretation, but I didn't really see it as... I don't know, a set story with morals so much as a wacky adventure. Um, this was also my selection for this week, sort of in connection with last episode's book, Every Heart a Doorway, where that is also about portal worlds and the different ways that they can be and interact, I guess, the different elements of them. So, like, the looking glass world would be something very high nonsense. High whimsy also, maybe, to use another direction. It's not a cardinal direction, but it's definitely high nonsense. And I appreciate that about it, that it just fully is a series of dreamlike events that are only loosely connected and none of the rules of the world make sense. There is no, you know, driving plot, but there are also no consistent rules except that Alice knows she needs to get to the eighth square. I don't know, but I was saying earlier how I thought it might be affected a little bit, at least by the Disney version. This is a Victorian story, if I am not mistaken um and it's I don't know I'm looking at the cover of my junior classics edition right now and you've got the blonde girl in the blue pinafore dress um and definitely the style of dress for kids is correct in quotes for the Victorian time or a period of the Victorian time um, but like Alice's physical character description is never a thing that enters the books she's just Alice at least it doesn't come up in the book that I've read she's just Alice but the cover I have in front of me is blonde girl blue pinafore dress sort of similar to the blonde girl blue pinafore dress Disney thing that's going on. Um, and even within this edition, it's illustrated. And like the Alice on the front doesn't have a fringe. The Alice within the book does and she has the dark headband like this edition was copyrighted at 2012 so like the disney thing had been the sort of predominant cultural interpretation for a while by 2012 right that was like over 10 years ago at this point but 
just looking at the illustrations or the art on the cover, it doesn't necessarily read like a novelization of the Disney movie. There are things that didn't happen. There are whole characters that I'm assuming come from the first book that are in the film. And maybe that one has a more highly structured plot. But I don't know, this interpretation of Alex being a pale blonde Victorian child with potential fringe or headband seems very derivative of the Disney movie. Well, maybe not derivative, but there it feels like there's a connection there. So maybe it is. Um, I don't know. It's just interesting to think about how this might have been affected or like how it would have been abridged or adapted to a younger audience. I don't know what's in the full version that wouldn't be for a younger audience as it was originally told to a young girl or at least the about the author in the back of this book says that the original Alex story uh, was made up for the middle daughter of a dean of Oxford. So, I don't know what would have made it into that story that wouldn't be appropriate for children, but then I guess times change and our expectations of what is for children change. So that could be intriguing to to know more about and consider. I've been saying I don't know a lot this episode, which might have to do with the fact that I'm reading the technical sequel to a previous story. But also, Alice in Wonderland has established itself so much, like, as, I think, largely the Disney movie, but as a story, like, I know Curiouser and Curiouser, and this adaptation or version, edition of Through the Looking Glass has said that it kept most of Lewis Carroll's language and the famous words in there, the famous quotes in uh, for younger readers. So um, things like believing six unbelievable things before breakfast or uh, different things like that are in there. And I was able to recognize things like what's your unbirthday um because they are so sort of i guess pervasive when you talk about alice and when we refer to alice we say alice in wonderland um even though on birthdays i guess don't come up till the second book um but it was interesting to read this after having read Every Heart a Doorway, which references it, at least mildly, um, just because I get a little bit more of that, like, nonsense feel now, which means that, um, sorry, this part sort of depends on you having encountered every heart a doorway either through the novel itself or my previous episode but 
um, it sort of gives a sense of also what Cade's high nonsense seeming world might be like, what they might be trying to like aim for, even though his world is high logic with a veneer of high nonsense over the top of it. It sort of, I guess, gives gives the blueprint for what a silly little nonsense world might be. It is, I guess, the quintessential nonsense portal story, portal fantasy. Uh, whereas Narnia, which is also referenced in Every Heart a Doorway, isn't a within that story considered a real portal world but narnia while whimsical is not nonsensical there are rules and expectations and like guidelines within narnia that people are expected to follow i had a fun time with this book um I, I am not a junior classics for young readers type of person, but I think it was a good introduction, which is the book's purpose to sort of the, the story as it's intended, but it felt way less intimidating than looking at a whole like longer version of what people describe as a Victorian fever dream to read like less than 200 pages with illustrations like every other page was illustrated it was great I had a fun time with it um, but it's not one that I see myself like reaching for a lot um, Unless it were to be for like analytical purposes or discussion or getting into like themes and things with other people. Um, but on its own, it's a good little book, but I don't suddenly have a new favorite. It does remind me, um, I've currently been watching a lot of Dimension 20 Never After. Uh, which, if you haven't seen Dimension 20, I highly recommend it. But Never After specifically is a season of this Dungeons & Dragons actual play show. Uh, this is where you find out a lot about this one other piece of media that I am deeply interested in. But it is a Dungeons & Dragons actual play show. So a bunch of, in this case, improv comedians filming a Dungeons & Dragons game. But never after specifically, this season is sort of take fairy tales and twist them and make them as dark as possible and mess with the themes and lessons of them and see what else you can make from them. And while Alice isn't necessarily a fairy tale or a folklore story it is a very big sort of 
fairy tale adjacent piece of storytelling in our culture like like i said earlier curiouser and curiouser makes you automatically think of this or the other day i <laughs> made a joke about unbirthdays before even reading this um you know it it is for the billionth time i think due to disney so prevalent obviously it was loved enough before that to even be made into a disney movie they don't just do that willy-nilly but i've been thinking a lot about like fairy tales and the way we conceptualize like the correct version of a story and again never after i think is a part of that because i have suspicions of what I think the overarching villain of this season might be. Surprise, I think it's capitalism. Again, um, love that because part of Never After is like storytelling, like doors into different stories are melting together. Spoilers for Never After. But um, I feel like the villain of that story might be like we have one predominant narrative of what you know little red riding hood or cinderella is we have like a correct version and in the correct version of cinderella cinderella has strawberry blonde hair and glass slippers or you know little red riding hood is saved by the woodsman or whatever but I think it's interesting. There aren't as many, I guess, adaptations of Alice in Wonderland. I say that, but now all of them are coming to mind. There's um, the web series that I forget what it's called that came out in the like 2013 web series adaptation of Classics Boom. Um, I should watch that at some point, I think. But uh, there's like um, that one, Alice in Wonderland. It might be called Through the Looking Glass. Uh, movie that has like Johnny Depp in it as the Mad Hatter. There are a bunch of different ones that I can think of now. At least it feels like a bunch. Maybe it's not. But there are versions of this story or spins on this story where there's still Alice in a weird little nonsense world, but it's not the same as it's written where maybe she gets a sword and gets to like fight the Jabberwock or she, you know, has to fight the Queens. There's a lot of combat in these but that's what makes a good movie um at least on screen combat you know looks cool on a big movie theater screen but like this combination of consuming every hearted doorway then starting to watch never after 
and then reading this book has done some really interesting like thinking (laughs) thinking stuff for me uh where it's like what is the correct version of a story and how is that affected by you know what sells and i it i don't know it's i guess good to go back to the source material in a way and be like yeah this is just a silly little collection of nonsense dreams uh but i think it was actually genuinely interesting again uh at the end of through the looking glass like the physical paper thing that i own um it ends with alice presumably waking up or realizing that something was a dream she thinks um but she's not sure whose dream it was whether it was hers or the red king who was asleep in the looking glass world and tweedledee and tweedledum tell her that she's in his dream and if he wakes up she will just be nowhere um so it sort of raises the question of whose dream was it hers or the red kings and who like it never clarifies that and i think it's one of those interesting things that maybe like fairy tale stories or just this sort of dreamlike style of story can do where it makes you think about it a little bit and makes you question it but then it also raises the question of like who was dreaming but also does it matter there are some very famous films uh that sort of wrestle with this question and are very you know if you if you care about film you care about these big complex things that are you know does it matter if they were dreaming or what's real and who gets to say but also that question was raised by through the looking glass a story for children um so you know it's a little bit fun to think about that but also your your fancy big budget films that raise this question are not doing a new thing they're doing a very old thing with new situations um and i don't have an answer maybe i'll put it in a spotify poll anyway if you haven't read uh any of the alice stories i guess um i was gonna say any of through the looking glass but it's all in one story any of the alice stuff or are interested in it i don't think it's a bad idea it was it was a fun time i just it feels like one of those books that should be in discussion with either other people or other books which is why i wanted to read it after every hearted doorway and i think putting it in discussion with never after as well uh was an interesting thing i'm just in in the midst of a little twisted fairy tale kind of mood uh which is very fun for me so that's all i had on through the looking glass by lewis carroll uh happy unbirthday if it is your unbirthday this episode goes up on my actual birthday so that's exciting um 
But uh, that was Through the Looking Glass by Lewis Carroll, and I will see you next time. Transcripts for this episode and every episode of Hey, You Should Read This are available at thegirlinthechair.com slash podcast, and we have an email, hello at thegirlinthechair.com, where you can give recommendations and share your thoughts. Thanks for listening.